Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of the Archangels, Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth peace peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, you take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer, you are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who dispose in marvellous order ministries both angelic and human, graciously grant that our life on earth may be defended by those who watch over us, as they minister perpetually to you in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Daniel. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and one of great age took his seat. His robe was white as snow, the hair of his head as pure as wool. His throne was a blaze of flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A stream of fire poured out, issuing from his presence. A thousand thousand waited on him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. A court was held, and the books were opened. I gazed into the visions of the night, and I saw, coming on the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man. He came to the one of great age and was led into his presence. On him was conferred sovereignty, glory and kingship. And men of all peoples, nations and languages became his servants. His sovereignty is an eternal sovereignty which shall never pass away, nor will his empire ever be destroyed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the sight of the angels I will sing your praises, Lord. In the sight of the angels I will sing your praises, Lord. I thank you, Lord, 
with all my heart. You have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels I will bless you. I will adore before your holy temple. In the sight of the angels I will sing your praises, Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness and love, which excel all we ever knew of you. On the day I called, you answered. You increased the strength of my soul. In the sight of the angels, I will sing your praises, Lord. All earth's kings shall thank you when they hear the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the Lord's ways. How great is the glory of the Lord. In the sight of the angels, I will sing your praises, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, all you angels, his ministers who do his will. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming, he said of him, There is an Israelite who deserves the name, incapable of deceit. How do you know me, said Nathanael? Before Philip came to call you, said Jesus, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus replied, You believe that just because I said I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, I tell you most solemnly, you will see heaven laid open, and above the Son of Man the angels of God ascending and descending. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, happy feast of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel and Raphael. You know, it's interesting to me the kind of attitude that we have toward angels these days. It it sort of falls into two extremes. I think there's one aspect where, um, you know, the kind of really rational, intellectual part of us kind of goes, Oh, angels, what an embarrassing concept. You know, the early Christians had to speak about angels because, you know, they didn't really understand. God doesn't need angels. Um, so, so really, they're not actually there. It's all just different ways of naming what God has done in the world. It's pretty unsophisticated, so we don't really talk about it very much. But the other extreme is that, you know, angels have become so incredibly fashionable. Like if you go into a bookshop and go to the spirituality section, you find a really weird collection of books about angels. A kind of strange new age fascination with them. You'll find titles there like Angels and Archangels, A Magician's Guide. Angels, How to See, Hear and Feel Your Angels. An Encyclopedia of Spirits, The Ultimate Guide to the Magic of Saints, Angels, Fairies, Demons and Ghosts. Now, just for the record, uh, I looked those up on Amazon. Uh, They're not on my bookshelf. So what's the go then? Well, first of all, we know the existence of angels because of revelation. Because God has shown us that they exist. Now, of course, we've had experiences of the ministry of angels. I mean, for example, the children at Fatima saw the archangel Michael. But that's not actually the reason why the church believes in the existence of angels. It's, it's not because of these you know, moments of experience. It's actually because of God's word. 
when we read the scriptures, we learn about angels, and God speaks truly. So, all through the scriptures, in fact, we hear about angels. In the book of Genesis, we hear that when Adam and Eve are turfed out of the Garden of Eden, that an angel with a flaming sword is placed at the entrance to stop them from going back in. Then, in the book of Revelation, we hear about angels everywhere. Angels that are there looking after the churches that have been established. Angels that are in heaven that are praising and worshipping God. From beginning to end, we hear about angels, angels, angels. Um, And so you pause and go, okay, well, but hang on a second. These angels aren't really necessary, though, are they? They're doing things that God himself could do just fine all by his own. Well, yeah, that's true. But we're not talking about necessity here. We're talking about what God does. God doesn't do things out of necessity because he has to. He does it because it's fitting. And, you know, when you pause and think for a second, it's like, oh, hang on a second. I've been endowed with a mission, haven't I? Yeah, I've got my vocation that that there are things that God sends me to do. Um, Am I necessary? No, (laughs) he doesn't need me to do the things that he asks me to do. No, it's an outflowing of his love that he has created me and allows me to be drawn into his work, the things that he could possibly do himself, but which he entrusts to me. Why? Because he wants me to be. Because without his will, there is no I. And he wants this I to be, to have a mission, and then to love him and enjoy his presence. Well, if God's like that with me, why wouldn't he be like that with spiritual beings with non-corporeal like um, you know meaning without a body with non-corporeal beings that god would look at the angels entrust them with a mission and want them to exist that there would be an i now i mean that is a, a, a personal pronoun right that there would be a consciousness a being that exists and that loves and enjoys god Now, yeah, we're not talking about angels being necessary, but gee, it fits with how God works, doesn't it? On the flip side, though, angels, they're not magic. They're not part of this realm of goblins and ghouls and ghosts. They're not part of, you know, sort of fairies and dwarves and elves. No, it's not a fantasy world. It's, It's part of God's creation. Um, And that's what we profess, you know, in the Creed on Sundays. Listen again. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. That there is part of God's creation which is non-bodily. That part of God's creation is invisible. Now, we know that God is pure spirit, but he's not part of creation. Like There's no point at which God made himself But there are spiritual beings which God has made. They don't have bodies, but they are created. They're the angels. Now, the word angel uh, in Greek, angelos, means um, messenger. And so we find that these angels are in fact endowed with a mission from God. They're there to accomplish a purpose. When we read the book of Revelation, you know, a lot of those angels are there to accomplish a purpose with respect to God himself, to be there to praise and worship him, to stand around the throne and give him honor and glory. 
Um, but then there are also angels which are sent to us that have a mission and a purpose with respect to God's creation and humanity. Now, these angels have actually got a hierarchy uh, according to their mission, according to the purpose of what they've been sent to do. Um, and you know what? Like, I'll, I'll read you the nine levels of angels, right? Um, they'll sound familiar to you because, you know, we hear them uh, often listed during the preface when we, when we talk about the angels praying along with us uh, that great canticle, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts. But here you go. First off, you've got seraphim and then the cherubim. Then we have thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities. Then number eight, we've got the archangels. And then number nine, we've got the angels. Now, that probably sounds a little bit surprising that on the feast of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel and Raphael were actually talking about the eighth level of the hierarchy. It's like, hang on a second. Aren't we, aren't we celebrating like the greatest angels right now? Um, no, we're not actually. The three that we celebrate today, the archangels, um, you know, we read in the scriptures that there are actually seven archangels, but only three that are actually named. So, you know, they're the three that we, we point towards. But that these are the lower angels that are given a task towards humanity. The higher angels are the ones that serve God, you know, the ones who are around his throne, the ones who are giving glory to him. They're the big shots. Now, I find that oddly consoling, you know. If you send in your B-grade team into battle, it's a sign that you guys can absolutely crush the enemy. <laughs> and, of course, like, that's, that's the Archangel Michael's job, right? The Archangel Michael is sent in to fight against the devil, the one who's trying to seduce us and draw us away from God. Michael's the one who's sent in order to do battle. Um, and so, you know, we draw Michael to ourselves because, um, you know, we're in the battle. We then find out about the Archangel Gabriel. Um, and, you know, we learn about him in a, a number of areas in the gospel, of course, as the one who, who brings good news to, you know, Mary and Nazareth, to um, Zechariah, uh, John the Baptist, dad, and, of course, to Joseph. Um, that Gabriel's the one who brings the good news of, of salvation. The one who proclaims the wondrous plan of God. Um, and so, you know, especially in those times when we might be struggling with um, our own purpose and with meaning, is, I think particularly when we're suffering or finding life difficult and wondering where it's all headed, um, that we can draw the Archangel Gabriel to ourselves and ask him to bring us good news. The plan of God made manifest to us. And then, you know, the third archangel that we celebrate today, of course, is, is Raphael. Um, and we hear about Raphael in the book of Tobit, um, disguised as the traveling companion of Tobiah. Um, it walks with Tobiah and leads him and um, also uh, heals the blindness of Tobit. Um, and, and so Raphael really is a, a companion, the one who leads and guides along the road towards the great gifts that God has prepared for us. Um, he brings together Tobiah and Sarah um, to their wedding day. Um, that great companion that helps us to accomplish God's plan and God's purpose. Um, this really does fit with how God works, doesn't it? 
He's always drawing us together and calling us to help each other, to imitate him in his love and charity. So on this Feast of the Archangels, let's call them to ourselves and ask them to defend us, lead us, and assure us of the good news of God's great purpose in our lives. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.